Good morning, Eternity Church. It's great to be with you today and to be able to share this time with you and to talk to you about the goodness of God. I'm really excited about it and really glad we have this opportunity. Uh, this, this week, I'd like to share something with you that'll probably be a benefit to you in a great way, especially since you're preparing to come out of lockdown and once again meet in your buildings. We're believing that God is going to do something phenomenal in, at that place and in your lives. And so I have something particularly uh, uh, beneficial for you today, and it's called We're Back, The Power of the Comeback. And, and I pray that God's message, what I share with you during this time, will be a real blessing for you. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to come and to be for this opportunity in, in a way that's extraordinary. We're able to meet, uh, 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 even though I'm in a different location, able to meet with my brothers and sisters in another location. We're glad for this virtual opportunity. And so, Father, we pray that as we open up your word, that you would meet the need that is, is there at, at Donald Market uh, in Jesus' name. We pray, pray, Father, that your word would be uh, powerfully impacted on the lives and the hearers of those in that place today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So what I'd like to talk to you about, it comes in Psalm 126. We'll be moving around the word of God this morning and uh, in some places and stopping in some and parking in others. But if you have your Bibles, go to Psalm 126 and I'll begin reading at verse one. Now it says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. So those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed, for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing and bringing their sheaves with them. This, the psalmist is describing uh, the return of ch children of Israel from captivity. It's kind of like I know you will be uh, celebrating soon, and, and uh, it's really a great thing. But the difference is we celebrate one year of captivity, coming out of captivity after one year. And these guys are celebrating after coming out after 70 years of being locked up. And if you're not careful, what I really believe, if you're not careful concerning being in this lockdown, is we can be culturized or we can be uh, uh, culturized by the particular lockdown. In other words, we can learn habits, we can learn a thinking in lockdown that will persist after we come out of lockdown. And we can have a, uh, you know, the, the problem is, is developing a, 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 a lockdown mentality. And then when you're free, still acting as though you're locked down. You become culturized uh, to your captivity. And that's the trick of the enemy to keep you uh, unproductive and ineffective in the kingdom of God. Uh, but we believe that God has, when he brings us out, not only will he bring us out physically, and we believe this, beloved, but he will bring us out mentally in our thinking and in our attitudes and in our thought processes. The problem is, is that we could be afraid to explore outside of our limited experiences or our limited situations. And so the enemy then has that desired effect on us to limit us in our effect in our communities. Beloved, let me tell you something. When Jesus sets you free, he not only sets you free physically, but he wants to set your mind free. And so the one thing the pandemic has taught the church, and I know he's taught you and he has taught us, is that 
Uh, we can still be the church in the middle of a pandemic. We can still be what God intended us to be and not be limited by the circumstances that surround us. Sometimes he has to take us through things to show us that we're capable of what we're capable of through him. And, you know, even though we've gone through this and we're preparing to come out and, and there's many expectations for people, people have desires in their heart. They're thinking about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and prayerfully engaging. But sometimes the enemy wants you to think that you can't. And all the time, God, through the struggle, is showing you that you can, that it's not a problem for him because the pandemic doesn't lock God up. It doesn't lock him down. The lockdown can't stop him uh, because he's God. And so I want to encourage you this morning that you uh, often God will give us hints in the Old Testament of what he wants to do in the New Testament. Mm. He will give us little hints and little uh uh, just uh, uh, images and pictures of what he is intending to do through the New Testament. For instance, we see in the Old Testament the person of Melchizedek. Uh, we know he is a uh, 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 Jesus being man uh, manifested in the Old Testament in the form of Melchizedek, but we know that his coming uh, as the Savior, as the Messiah, is going to come in the New Testament. So this is a precursor. He's a precursor of what is coming. And so this psalm that we're looking at is just such a psalm. Mm. This psalm is just such one concerning, let me tell you, the resurrection. This psalm is a precursor of what will take place in the resurrection. I'm sure you can understand that because before the resurrection, the church was in lockdown. It was afraid. It was uh, uh, anticipating horrible things coming its way. And we see the example in Holy Week when they were being beaten and abused and Jesus was being abused in so many horrific ways. And then he was put into a tomb and the church was scattered. They were afraid to do anything. And the enemy was probably laughing, saying, look at those people. They thought they were going to do this. Jesus thought he was going to do that. But look at where he is now. Oh, but beloved, on the third day, he came out of that tomb. And forevermore, he has never been limited or never been locked down again. And I want to explain to you, beloved, that when Jesus allowed, when God allowed this lockdown of the children of Israel, he was showing them what is and helping them to anticipate what was going to come after. That when Jesus also came out of the tomb, there was an anticipation of what he was going to do after. Beloved, when he came out of the tomb, he came out with the power to build his church. And beloved, when the children of Israel came back from captivity, they came with the power to rebuild Israel. And beloved, let me tell you something. God is in the building process and he is going to rebuild Eternity Church, Donald Market. He's going to do something phenomenal with Eternity Church, Donald Market, because God is in the process of him rebuilding. And so what we see, it was a, a pretty bad state. Even the, the Jewish historian Josephus said that the church, uh, the Jerusalem was in a horrific state. The gates were burned. Uh, the, 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 everything was taken away. Uh, walls were uh, de deconstructed. And we see it simply in the New Testament in similar ways, as I've already mentioned. It seemed like the church was deconstructed. They blamed Peter for being trying to be like Jesus, but yet Peter, who 
was really eventually going to be the uh, uh, pillar of the church. He denied the Lord and he denied him. And it, it seemed like everything was falling apart mm -hmm. just as it did back then. Mm -hmm. uh, the enemy was coming in and he was having a heyday. And, and you may feel like that even in your personal life that the enemy has come in through this time and is having a heyday with your life. But I'm encouraging, beloved, that God has given you the power to rebuild everything that has been taken away from you and to put it back into order and make it better than it was before. We're going to see that this morning. Yet in the book of Nehemiah, they returned from captivity and they were given by King Cyrus the uh, the, the, they what they needed to put Jerusalem back together again. And so it must have been a horrific time when you really think about it. And it, it must have been tragic uh, to, to look at what was going on in their lives. And sometimes even while we're in this pandemic, some tragic things have happened, yeah. have happened to you and, and personally, and maybe even as a church, tragic things. But yet, uh, God is going to rebuild the thing, <laughs> and he's going to do it. The promise is, beloved, uh, uh, whatever he does and however he does it, he always does it well. He who has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's his word for you. Mm -hmm. And so he promises to make good on what he starts. Mm -hmm. But, beloved, with this resurrection, now, just like the children of Israel, when they came back from captivity— and they were given the power to rebuild Jerusalem. Just like that, the resurrection gives us the power to, uh, listen, the Bible says the same spirit which raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and me. So the same power, the same power which uh, uh, raised up Jerusalem again, which raised up the children of Israel, is the same power which will raise you up again, which will build again, which will make strong again everything that you're doing there in Eternity Church. And I want to encourage you with that. And we're going to see that clearly. The, the Apostle Paul, he echoes the, the words of this psalm to a degree in Ephesians chapter 4. And it says this, but to each one of us is giving grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended also the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of Christ. Now, that's what the responsibility has been given to the ministers. Those are the gifts to rebuild that has been given to ministers. And I want to encourage you that ministers are really uh, given an ability that is able to inspire, to strengthen, encourage, equip, and and teach and, and enable us as believers to build, mm -hmm. okay? Because they have a responsibility 
But it does not mean if you're not called to a ministerial gift that you don't have a responsibility. You have a responsibility just as important as those fivefold ministry gifts of the of God. You have an, uh, an important responsibility also. And it begins to declare that in verse 15. It says this, but speaking the truth in love, before I move on, I'm going to say something about that. It says, speaking the truth in love, everything we do has to be undergird and has to be motivated by love. If I don't do it by love, then it has no impact according to the kingdom. But if everything I do is motivated by the love of God inside of me, then everything I do will be established in the name of Jesus. And so I want you to be encouraged by that. But it goes on to say this that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, that is Christ, mm -hmm. from whom the whole body joined together and knit together by the way, by what every joint supplies. Do you hear that? Mm -hmm. it, you have a responsibility to supply to the joints. Okay, let's keep reading. According to effective working, which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. See, if you're not helping to supply something to the joints, if we're not working to be effective and, and provide something that enables the body to grow, then it doesn't work. It doesn't work for us as ministers to minister and encourage and enable if we don't take what we are learning from them and apply it to the body and cause it to grow. It's the application that comes from all of us working together that makes the thing happen. We're able to make it to build again because we are working together for the kingdom of God to make it happen. It doesn't happen because you look good. It doesn't happen because you're pretty. It happens because we've made a decision to work together to see Jesus glorified in the earth. Amen. Good to hear. Good to hear. Now, these gifts were given for that reason. Uh, and they're all empowered by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, that spirit which raised him from the dead. Can you think about that? Is able, is in living inside of us. And if that spirit is able to raise Jesus from the dead, if we're a, if he is able to conquer death, hell, and the grave, there is nothing that we're facing or have faced that cannot be conquered. Amen. And this is what Jesus was talking about. We shall prevail. And I was thinking about a particular text this morning, this morning, as we, I was preparing to record this, I was thinking about a particular text and because this is not just about the local church, it's about us also as individuals, mm -hmm. because it's individuals that make up the church and the stronger we are, the stronger the church is. And so Romans verse 8, 11, it says that particular text I've been quoting, and I, I want to bring something out of that to you. In Romans 8, 11, it says, but if the spirit of who, of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And that word life in the original text, not original text, but uh, in the King James, it says quicken. That's an important word because quicken means uh, it's a change of, op of operation level. It's a change of where we're functioning from now. It's a change of how we're uh, the levels of our operation. Now, that word comes with two words, this word quicken. It's the word uh, dizon and <laughs> uh, poieo. Those are Greek words. The, the Greek word dizon means beast. 
And the other word, poieo, means to bind together in agreement. So, in other words, I like to take it to this. I have uh, uh, another uh, level that he's talking about is, well, let me put it to you this way. We had a, an American football player uh, in America, and he was uh, known as a very powerful football player, and his team, his team used him in specific in, uh, situations. Uh, for instance, he had the ability to run and uh, run over the opposing team. He was very strong, very physically uh, powerful. And when things got tough for the team, they would give him the ball and just let him run through everybody. And they, his nickname was Beast Mode. <laughs> his nickname was Beast Mode. And so what this quickened means is it's another level of operation where the people of God enter into Beast Mode. And we're not pushed around by the enemy anymore, but we start to push the enemy around. And we start to move with a power that he cannot resist or stand against. That's what Jesus meant, said, I will build my church. When he said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It is the church moving in beast mode. And, and, and it's not talking about a, a defensive position by the church. It is an offensive position in which we are driving back the gates of hell because we're in beast mode. Amen. And so that's what, uh, uh, and, and for you as an individual, that means that you no longer just uh, uh, look at your mountains and, and, and cower at the face of your mountains, mm -hmm. but you begin to speak to those things which are opposing the will of God in your life. And you don't shrink back, but you take an, an offensive position and begin to push back at those things that are pushing at you. And I don't mean you do that with arrogance, but we do that in a submission to the to the to the to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we begin to push back at those things that are pushing at us. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever we lost in the pandemic, <laughs> in this pandemic, we're going to get it back when we function in beast mode. And if you're operating in beast mode, we're able to successfully and effectively build the Church of Jesus Christ according to His will. Yeah, whatever. In your personal life has been destroyed in this pandemic of its finances. When you get to beast mode, he's going to fix those finances. I don't care if it's relationships. When you get to beast mode, he's going to fix those relationships. You've been quickened by the power of the Holy Ghost to do what he wants you to do. And I don't care what the situ situations are, your job, your business. I, I thank God because we have a personal experience with this. It, uh, we've been challenged in our own local church. When our finances went down, it affected Lisa and I. But we began to focus on God and function in beast mode. And now our finances are better without the church's finances than they've ever been. God has helped us. He's blessed us and he's He's continuing to bless us. Why? Because God wants us to be a blessing to other people in Jesus' name. Now, that's our own personal testimony, by the way. I mean, what I mean is, is that we were losing finance at the beginning of this pandemic. But now in the middle of the, of the pandemic, we are in a better position without even having the church's finances because of the grace of God that's been given us through beast mode. Amen. Amen. So, listen, by the Spirit of God, in me there is power to be available available to me to come back from the damage of the pandemic. Now, in Psalm 126, verse 5, it says this. We'll get back to that psalm now, and I won't be much longer. 
It says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, we've been talking about the comeback, but British people, my wife and all of you guys who are British, especially your attorney church, uh, it's clear I'm not, but you know, um, we have an expression, the British people have an expression for the underdog, the person who goes down and who's young enough to come back, we, we say he can come again. We say that that person can come again, no matter what the defeat looks like, we say they can come again. They made it there once, they can get back again. Uh, and as long as you don't quit and you keep sowing, you may not feel like it, but you can keep doing it because there is a reward coming. Now, the text says right there, they can doubtless come again with rejoicing. It doesn't mean that uh, you're not going to go through a challenging time, but it means that that challenging time won't stop you from getting to where he expects you to be and wants you to be. Weapons are going to be formed against us. And, and that's the fact of the matter. There is a real enemy who's going to come at us. But uh, the Bible says the weapons will not prosper. We will make it through all of this in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to get ready to close, but I want to speak to you about the sheaves. See, we're talking about coming again, and there is a reason why God wants you to come again. There's a reason why he wants you to function in beast mode, because he has something for us and, and something also to declare. Now, that says uh, in, in that verse of Psalm 126, verse 5, uh, we, we, we always... Know what that says? They will doubtless come again, bringing with them their sheaves. And we know that old song, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Now we 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 know that, and we but we often look overlook it and not really understanding what it's saying. Now, I, I believe that with beast mode comes something unexpected. I believe when we function in beast mode, when we are quickened by the power of the Holy Spirit, we begin to receive from him at times things that are unexpected. The sheaves speak of, uh, I'm sure some of you farmers there know exactly what I'm talking about. The sheaves speak of, speak of a bound and rolled up wheat or hay that is bound up and it's rolled. It's rolled up. Looking at it, you cannot determine how much wheat or how much hay is in that bound up uh, uh, piece or, or thing, that bound up roll. You, you can't look at it and say, I know how much is exactly there. And then when you begin to unroll it, when you begin to unpack it, suddenly there is actually more there than what it looks like on the outside. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? God is coming to us with some things. Eternity, church, God is coming with some unexpected blessing, some unexpected harvest for you because you have been consistent and you have been uh, 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 wholeheartedly giving your lives and your heart to the will of God. And so he's going to bring about an unexpected blessing. That's what's going to bring the joy, the sheaves that you're going to be bringing in, the things that you're going to be bringing in, especially with the, the prom program that you guys are currently in, uh, making sure no children, child goes unfed 
beloved, because of that, there's going to be an unexpected blessing. Something is coming that you had no idea that was coming your way. And God is bringing it just for you. He's bringing in the sheaves for you. Now, listen, usually what you sow, usually what you sow is, uh, will reap, you will reap what you sow. That's what the Bible says, right? So if you sow corn, you will reap corn. If you sow broccoli, which I love, you will reap broccoli. But this text says, if you sow in tears, you're going to reap in joy. Oh, glory be to God. He's bringing an unexpected blessing your way. You have been crying and you've been calling out to God for so many things, Eternity Church. And what you've been crying out for is not what you're going to get. And you're expecting one thing, but God is going to increase what you're expecting and bring something bigger than you could imagine because you have been consistent. And beloved, you've been calling on God with a true and perfect heart. I want to bless you today, and I encourage you to get into beast mode. Let the Holy Spirit quicken you and cause you to kick up to another level and function in the plan that he has for your life. Beloved, God loves you. He's going to keep you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're a good, good father. And we pray that in the days to come, Father, you would help us hold on to your word, hold on to you. And even while we come out of this pandemic, God, we're expecting you to do phenomenal things through us because that's your word to us. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. God bless your eternity, church. It's been good to be with you. Yeah. God bless.